Robots Radio presents... Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on September 6, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the lore of Mercury. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 Green is actually taking the night off tonight, so last but definitely not least, in the hot seat as guest co-host, we have our good friend Snake2331K, or I'm just going to refer to you as Snake if that's okay. Snake, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Definitely. Um, you know, once now, now we kind of get the little introduction piece out of the way. I actually want to shift focus back over to you um, because yeah. usually with intro sessions, uh, we basically I set aside like the first like 20 minutes or so just to kind of get to know more about you guys, the guests. Um, so, like, I guess really first basic question is who are you? Like, what, what do you like? How did you uh, what do you do with the Destiny community? Do you um, where can we find you? All that basic, basic information. Uh, well, I usually play um, uh, Destiny on the PlayStation 4, and I've built a clan up, and I've tried to gather as many members as I can to build a friendly community that allows for us to easily find people to raid with or go into Crucible and things like that. I like to just try to bring as many people who don't know about this game and show them how fun and just wacky it can be. Nice. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we're on Twitter can, or Twitter or social media. Can we find you? Um, so on PlayStation, Twitter, uh, on Twitch and YouTube gaming, uh, you can find me all at Snake231K. I try to make it as uniform as possible. Um, and yeah, I often stream on uh, YouTube gaming, but I have actually thought about switching over to Twitch. Um, kind of looking forward to it with my new setup. Hopefully I'll be able to increase the quality of my streams. Nice. Yeah, because yeah, that's one of the things we were t- we were talking about before we started was the the new hardware that you, got, you had mm-hmm. gotten. Um, so like, what do you... Uh, what... Are you are you really big into the the game lore? I know you and I had talked about a little bit about your interest with like Bungie and the, the art art, you know, with the skyboxes mm-hmm. and all that. But um, with like the time that you've had with Bungie since I think you said it's been since like Halo CE, you know, mm-hmm. how big of a follower of the lore are you, and what did you what what kind of sparked your interest in that that aspect? Uh- so I'd have to say probably what really I, – I played Destiny pretty casually and passively when I, I first got my hands on it, which was like back in the beta. And then I didn't touch it for a couple months after it was released. Um, and I just played it with friends, you know, just really 
grind it through the story, just try to do as many raids and stuff like that as I possibly could. And then once the Taken King came out and they had like the Book of Sorrow or, you know, just all the lore behind the, the worms, uh, the Taken aspect, the darkness's powers and stuff like that, it really showed like, you know, there's a, there's a, a depth to this that they don't, they weren't conveying well inside the, um, inside the game. Mm-hmm. But like, if you really paid attention, like, yeah, I mean, uh, first and foremost, probably the one person who really got me into it, probably my, my, my name is Bife. Um, mm-hmm. He it's just so comprehensive. You just sit there and listen to hours. I mean, I've listened to <laughs> uh, I listened to his initial like three hour video that he explained from right. when we found the traveler to I think towards the end of Destiny One, and then again when he re released it with the four and a half hour version and brought it all the way up. It was yeah no this game probably has one of the deepest lores um, ever, and it's just it's it's so interesting because you know there's the, the conflict that. My fa- one of my favorite stories is the the Shin Malfur and uh, Dredge and Yor battle. It's like an old Western feel. So many different themes in this uh, in this game that are just astounding. Yeah, well, and I think I mean, yeah, because I mean, especially with you know just the the hodgepodge of it being like a sci-fi slash Western slash space opera slash mmo what what have you it's it's like mm-hmm. the the gamut is just completely open to run wherever they want it to mm-hmm. um do uh so like with with tonight's topic right with the with the like the worlds of destiny um mm-hmm. what would you say was that was that ever particular interest to you or were you always more kind of focused on the individual characters that populated the worlds instead um well, i would say the the art style to the planets probably made me more invested in them because, mm-hmm. again, okay. when uh, the story came out, it was there wasn't a lot of character focus, so the game kind of had to rely on uh, the broader strokes to keep you invested. Right. And I think it was Mars, just the whole thing with like you know Exos, Clovis Bray, um, Anna Bray, and stuff like that. It was it it, it was it just it just was what really got me into it. It's so cool to see the concepts that what we would come to if we were given this gift of like vast technology, technological jump. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, that contact with a, a higher intelligence, mm-hmm. not necessarily a better intelligence, but just a higher. Yeah. Intelligence. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, yeah, so we talked to, we talked a little bit about like interacting with you more outside of the show. Um, and you said your is your clan mostly PlayStation or do they, do you guys do cross console like all consoles or is it just mostly focused on the PlayStation areas? Uh, cur- currently it's mainly focused on the PlayStation, but I'm hoping with the, um, the Avenue of an actual gaming PC, I'll be able to spread, um, more over to uh, PC because my sister's okay. over there, her boyfriend, I got them to play, but primarily nice. PS4, but I'm hoping to expand. Nice. Nice. And then the ever infamous question that we always, always like ending with is like, what class do you primarily play? What, what's the guilty, what's the guilty verdict on your, on your side on that one? So through and through since day one, the class that spoke to me and the class that I always come back to Titan hands down. <laughs> I love being the wall. You know, nobody gets past me. And I also like being the first to just jump right in and just leave a path of destruction uh, for my friends to follow. Is there a particular subclass or is it just all, are they all pretty? So I think probably my favorite to use uh, is probably the Thundercrash. Um, but I am learning that I do like to play more of a support role with like my bubble or um, uh, the code of the commander with the giant banner shield. I love just like <laughs> that feeling of like, I can, you know, I will defend you. I'll protect you, you know, get behind me. Right, right. Yeah. 
Just don't put the bubble in the wrong place. Exactly. Yes. Or you know, <laughs> pop it and don't tell your teammates who are about to. Well, shoot you probably you probably, you probably you probably recognize that Crota. Like, don't put the bubble oh. in the wrong place. Oh, absolutely. Or uh, <laughs> if you put the bubble too far forward in the vault of glass, right before you're about to DPS Atheon, and four of your teammates just blow themselves up with Galahorn. Oh yeah, you know, I've I've been around the block a couple times. <laughs> Uh, I just remembered you said you had Billy at D1. I was like, you know mm-hmm. the pain of that, oh, yeah. that particular one. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, that was uh, Defender Titan was always, when I did play Titan, that was always the mm-hmm. one I gravitated to with Helm of Saint 14 back in D1. Oh, and, it was, and it was like, it was one of those things where I was like, whenever we got into raids, it was like, nope, I'm, nope, mm-mm. I am not responsible for any of the shenanigans that go on over there because I have no idea what's going. I was always uh, either Arcblade or uh, Gunslinger for the raids. I was like having the Blade Dancer fly up to the top um, of the Dark Abyss in Crota's End. <laughs> yes, it was. We were we were the ones that always had to go hide in the in the rocks. <laughs> and hope that everyone was on time with the rockets Uh, yeah just sit there just crouched hoping nobody can see you somehow the last one on the fire team everybody else failed on their way up oh man yeah there were crota crota was a god man that was a raid full of when it glitched in crota it it scared the bejesus out of everybody (laughs) there was there was a there's something in Crota's end that I have to say that I never got to fully experience myself, but I've heard nothing but fun stories about is when people would down Crota and pull the Ethernet cord from the back of their room. Oh, jeez! Or like it would be stuck infinite needle. I will. Yeah. I will have to say like we, we were in a raid group and one of the guys, one of the guys convinced us to try it. And I will say like, cause he was the fire team leader or whatever. And the, mm-hmm. like the amount of work that you had to do, in order for that whole nonsense to work, we could have ended the raid like three. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was like, I'm like, we were sitting there and like half of our group was sitting there going, we could have already beaten this. Like, you know, you guys understand, like, this is not like, this is not the level of difficulty that required. Like, it was just, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I will I say when, when Crota decides to glitch into the back room and it's like you <laughs> yeah. turn you turn around and you're running to safety and all of a sudden he's right in front of you and you're like, you're not supposed to be there. No, just that, that heart drop of seeing a, <laughs> like a three-story tall Titan just come and run at you. It's Nothing like, you can do about it. It's like, you're not, no, this is our <laughs> space. <laughs> oh, man. Well... <laughs> <laughs> just uh so to shift just a little bit over to a couple special announcements before we take a quick little ad break there um you know just a quick reminder um we do run the lore network site uh we have our weekly roundups uh those are on wednesdays and fridays we do uh podcast roundups on wednesday and then we do youtube roundups of every lore content creator that we have affiliated with the lore network we do those over on that site so please if you haven't visited us over there check us out um let us know if there's anyone that we're missing whether that is in destiny whether it's in elder scrolls we have now we have cyberpunk fallout elder scrolls and destiny and dungeons and dragons we have one of our Dungeons and dragons uh one of our friends from the robots radio network actually they have a couple lore casts that we've kind of started helping uh spread the word of over on the lore network so 
definitely let us know how we're doing over there. And if there's anyone that we're missing, uh, we will definitely reach out to them. Um, and then also a reminder, just real quick, we are uh, pushing to get green. Green is, she's not here tonight to kind of say this for herself, but because the Destiny Lore audio file, we finally have it up on Spotify. Uh, by the time you guys hear this, it will be a week or two. So it will have gone up on Spotify. I think it's going up on Spotify this week. We finally hit the threshold of five episodes that Spotify requires. Uh, so we got yeah. that moved over. Um, but still, we would really appreciate any uh, feedbacks or review or comments over on iTunes. That is the primary driver of all podcasts, really. It's kind of the lifeblood of podcasts as far as the logarithms go for um getting us out into different communities so if you have not already done that for either focus fire chat we would appreciate it for us but definitely if you have not done it for the destiny lore audio file um definitely a check that podcast out because it is just basically pure lore there is no uh analysis or anything like that it's literally green and other various members of our communities uh reading from the lore entries and it's really well done um but check those out and give them a review as well uh short of that we're going to take a really quick little ad break and then we're going to come back and we're going to jump right into what we've kind of called the cocktail knowledge um to get this intro session fully underway hey there my name is jameson or big cat and i am brenna or mother goose and together, we are the hosts of the DL Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gaming-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. All right. Well, now we're back. So we are going to, like I said, jump into what we've kind of come to call the cocktail knowledge area of the show. Um, That being said, give me one second. All right. So real quick, Mercury. Um, Most Mm -hmm. people in... Well, I guess, actually, regardless of if you play D1 or D2, if you play D1, you know Mercury a little bit, but if you play D2, your your our understanding of Mercury, our presence of Mercury is a little bit more robust, um, because it's, I think, if I remember right, on D1, it was really the Lighthouse, the Forge, that was it, and, right? Uh, there was a couple of Crucible maps, but we yeah. didn't have a social space. I mean, the social space was the Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. That you that you had to beat the try you had to get through trials flawless yeah flawless nine run yeah <sighs> which is why <sighs> I never, never visited it until Destiny yeah. two <laughs> there you go but no same thing I tried uh I tried it once uh, me and my friends we were feeling oh man we're gonna we're gonna go into trials we're gonna we're gonna conquer this beast <laughs> and I think we lost three games in a row and that's just when I decided you know what trials is for me <laughs> and I, I'd, I'd like to consider myself like you know above average in you know in most PvP games and. uh I've never had something humble me so fast in my entire life. <laughs> I remember, see, like, I was, I think it was, I don't even know if I tried Trials, because I remember looking at it, and even back then, I was like, I didn't, like, Destiny PvP for me, it doesn't click in my head. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I play SWAT on Halo. Like, I play okay. the most, like, <laughs> basic, like, 
basic version of PvP I can find. Like, I have mm-hmm. to focus on one thing. <laughs> like, that's all I can focus on. So, like, I remember, I think I might have played one game of Trials, and it was pretty much exactly what you were just like. It was like, yep, nope, mm-mm. This is mm-hmm. this is a terrible decision. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm on my way to uh, to trying to complete this year's uh, Moments of Triumph, which I oh. have not not gotten oh. this entire time. So I'm I'm going to keep the record strong. But the uh, <laughs> when I saw the seven wins, luckily not in a row, I was like, still, still. <laughs> hey, consistency, right? And that's yes, that's... exactly. Um. Well, so like, but that being said, we we have gotten descriptions of mercury even all the way back to uh not many people are familiar oh i guess some people might be familiar if you played back in like the alpha of d1 but way back even before destiny was like really known they had an arg very similar to uh halo 3's uh i just blanked on it and i feel terrible pins is gonna yell at me here in a second the bees gosh man i just i completely oh my god Yep, I know. I love bees. Thank you, Pins. Like I was like, I'm I'm waiting for the chat to catch up because I know he's gonna correct me. The Mm -hmm. just like the I love bees ARG. Like they had this big ARG for Destiny, and it uh, basically it led to what would then become a couple of the entries from the grimoire, and it was particularly the Dreams of Alpha Lupi. And there, so like each of these cards were composed to reflect to. to a different um, planet. Uh, So the Mm -hmm. description from the ARG for Mercury uh, said, one face is blistered, the other plunged into a brutal chill. Is this how it's always been? You remember hot oceans, nourishing atmosphere, but something transpired, kicked what was wet and fertile into space, stealing away everything of value. Or perhaps what thrived here for a day or for 10 million years decided to leave, peeling its wet organics off the bone. A name offers itself, and another and a thousand more. The answer feels like the iron heart of a collapsed star, and you realize the union between the past and the future is now. Now, most of that you'll probably recognize if you read the grimoire, but actually those last two uh, pieces, the name offers itself to the end, those are actually removed from the grimoire. The only re- the only way you would re- would know them is if you had read the ARG, and there was this really cool um, wallpaper that they made out of the ARG. It was really pretty. Um, but that was like, that was really the the one of the first introductions to the planets in general mercury was one of the earliest ones that we got introduced to um the grimoire would later when the grimoire first came out it would they had a card specifically for mercury and it and it read legends say that mercury was once a garden world now its surface baked in the sun's glare is honeycombed with forgotten vex structures no life stir here no life stirs here not anymore um so we we were introduced from the very beginning as Mercury is no longer a living place. It was once a utopia, uh, but this is a planet that pretty much completely belongs to the Vex, which has been doubled down and, and really built on with Destiny 2, which, you know, anyone who plays Destiny 2 will be not surprised. We have the Infinite Forest prayed predominantly across there um, with the oh, Curse yeah. of Osiris DLC. That was the big focus. Um the other, the other thing uh, that I kind of wanted to call out that I found rather, you know, curious was actually from a ghost. We had uh, grimoire cards, and then grimoire cards would then have later in the later part of D one they came out with what was called ghost fragments, 
Um, mm. And ghost fragments had were pretty much, I think they were pretty centered around the crucible maps for the most part. There were a couple that were different aspects, but the ghost fragment for the crucible map from D1 Vertigo actually had hints to what would later be revealed as the infinite forest which was a really interesting um thing when i was looking through some of the notes there was a a comment from the characters that were speaking that actually called out some of the uh, mathematics and the probability machines that were taking place in mercury and so there was a really cool little nod there um Mm -hmm. Do you re- do you remember anything other like anything else from D one that really that was, or actually do you remember any like brief things for? I know we're going to talk about the the actual Mercury here in a second, but um, one thing that uh, immediately stood out to me, probably what really set like reinvigorated my love for being a Titan was the um, the Order of the Sunbreak uh, right. Titans yep. on Mercury. Uh, what the, the name then exactly was called, but you have that whole introduction mission where you get the uh, the hammer of soul and you right, have from the uh, forge mm-hmm. that lady just talking to you and telling you what it means to be a sunbreak to what it means to be a titan. And ever since then, I was hooked just the the, the sheer uh, potency of solar energy and what they turned it into. Yeah, yeah, and well, and then we also had um, I think it was Icarus. Uh, there mm-hmm. was a facility that was mentioned as harness, like we basically got confirmation that the sun produced solar light um, because it, it has, there was a facility that was responsible for taking the energy from the sun and converting it into solar light. And the reason they called it out was apparently all the weapon foundries were like just slathering to try to get a hold of it. I can only imagine Amalan being there being like, please give a like, you know, it's like, and uh, the Vanguard was like, no, (laughs) you're not allowed to you're not allowed. Guardians can can blow themselves up on it, but you're not allowed to do anything. Uh, just uh, just like the city to immediately try to make a weapon out of something. <laughs> it's, it's, they just cracked me up. I was like, I'm like, of course the they're like the warlocks are researching to make sure that it's safe, but they can play on it. Like, just <laughs> it's, don't blow things up too bad. <laughs> But really quick, you know, kind of uh, just a real like reality check on on what Mercury actually is. Mercury is a is the smallest and the innermost planet. So it is the one that is right next to the sun. As as far as our system is concerned, it's not actually right next to the sun. It's still pretty far away. But um, it was discovered back in the 14th century by Assyrian astronomers. Um, a single orbit, it is so close to the sun that a single orbit around the sun for Mercury would be the equivalent of 88 of our days, Earth days. Um, now, we kind of talked a little bit about the concept of tidal lock with, uh, I think it was Io. Mercury is actually tidally locked with the sun, but it is a unique tidal lock, and it's called a 3 to 2 spin orbit resonance. Uh, what this means is actually that whereas, like, Normally, when you have a tidal lock, the same face of the or the same side of the planet or moon will always face the the larger body that it's orbiting. Mercury is tidally locked in a way that basically for every two orbits around the sun, the planet will rotate on its own axis three times. So it's not completely locked. It's still rotating itself, but it's rotating at such a speed that basically a single day on Mercury would last two years, two Mercury, Mercurian years. So for for a, a, a full night day or night day cycle, it would take two revolutions around the sun. So just 
crazy. And that's going to come back in a minute when we talk about the temperature. Um, Because first off, Mercury has next to no atmosphere. It has no known natural satellites, uh, mostly probably because it's right up against the sun. Um, And the temperature, so like along the equatorial regions right around the middle, temperatures range from about 100 Kelvin to 700 Kelvin. Uh, That is basically the equivalent of negative 170 degrees Celsius or negative 200 degrees Fahrenheit all the way up to 427 degrees Celsius or 800 degrees Fahrenheit. So depending on if it's night or day, that's that's where that difference and that's a, you know, that's a big difference. Um, (laughs) Just a a bit. Um, However, the polar regions are actually really interestingly they they remain consistent uh they are consistently below 180 kelvin which is the equivalent to about negative 93 degrees celsius and or negative 136 degrees fahrenheit so they're they're just pretty cold they're just they're just cold um and so what what makes this even more intriguing is that even though these temperatures are extremely high and extremely versatile and you know and changing we actually have images uh, back from 2013 that are showing the presence of ice located at the floors of the deeper craters that are located at the poles. So wherever those 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 uh, impact craters at the poles, there's actually liquid I- or uh, ice from liquid water in those craters at the deep bottom. So there is actually that has led to studies that there appears to be scientific support that portions of the planet could have been habitable for life forms such as primitive microorganisms in the past. They just actually published a new study back in March of 2020 that they kind of doubled down on that. And they said that while there doesn't seem, air quotes, doesn't seem to be anything right now, there actually is support that it could have been. Mm -hmm. Um, so kind of backing there back up a little bit from there what the planet is made of and this is interesting again because of what we see um in game uh the composition is a solid silicate crust over a solid iron sulfide outer core so again similar to what we were talking about with io that that silicon type material is very prevalent here uh, below that outer core of iron sulfide, it is believed that there is a liquid layer that is then surrounding a solid inner core. Um, the reason that this is kind of interesting for for from a scientific point of view is that this makes Mercury one of the four terrestrial planets within the system. Uh, however, Mercury is unique in the sense that approximately 70% of its body is metallic and only 30% of it is silicate material. So what that what that kind of translates into is the density of mercury is near if not a little bit more than earth's. So if you actually factor in the effect of gravitational compression for the planet, it would actually exceed earth's density. So the density that that immense density is what has led to the theory that mercury has a core of basically pure iron. Um and compared to earth, uh, our own planet you know, surprise, uh, our core takes up about 17% of our planet. Mercury's core takes theoretically up to 55% of it. So it's really, really thick. Like it's a, it's a thick planet. <laughs> um, a few topographical, <laughs> it would take it. Yeah. <laughs> 
there's a reason that the forge is on Mercury. <laughs> the Titans <laughs> gravitate towards it. Um, the topographic, some topographical notes of interest. Uh, there are currently around 15 identified impact craters. The largest crater on the surface is one that all Destiny players will probably recognize as Caloris Basin. And the reason why, it, or the, this thing is so large, it has a diameter of 15, 15 50 kilometers 1550 kilometers which is the equivalent of 963 miles so that is one crater that has mm-hmm. that i mean that was that's a huge impact crater um yes chad is agreeing with me that mercury is thick um <laughs> so yeah and then and then like i said uh earlier like the study that just came out in 2020 march 2020 uh has kind of doubled down on the theory and the support of the idea that portions of the planets could have a portion of this planet could have been habitable to life forms due to the ice that we've actually gotten pictures of now um, on those poles of the planet. So there's, there's some really interesting stuff that is being discovered even, even as recently as what, like, what was that? Six months ago. Um, It's so, I mean, it's, it's definitely something that we're continually continuing to find out more and more. Um, but that kind of leads back into this idea of like, you know, within destiny, we have this presentation of Mercury as this, like this legendary garden planet, um, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting to me. I really want to, like, you kind of see that with the infinite forest when you go into the simulant past. Um, Mm -hmm. but like you can, you can just, I, I mean, it's just like my, my brain is just going nuts trying to imagine what that would be like, because it's basically because of the proximity to the sun, it would potentially be a really cool place to do that because you would have the ability to make a really, really potent greenhouse because you would have so much, so much of that light, you know, you would have to accommodate for that because the, like I was talking about, the temperatures are ridiculously diverse, but I mean, I, yeah, there's, there's, uh, astronomy, astronomy is very interesting. I will, I will say that. (laughs) Uh, it's yeah, just just all the cosmic events that had to happen for you know all the planetary system to, to to be here to form, and for one lucky ball, blue ball to get lucky enough to okay. yeah. support enough life so we could figure out what everything else is made out of. But um, so I guess you know like that that all being that all the science facts being done. Uh, so real quick in Destiny, we have a number of different lore entries uh like we we had talked about a little bit from d1 all the grimoire cards um there were there were most of the grimoire cards that we got from d1 were actually because of the crucible maps uh with the taken king we got a few um we got a few interesting components with the introduction of the Sunbreakers, uh which was you know snake you had mentioned those uh, those are fascinating, not just because of the added mechanics that it brought to the game, but also because of the glimpse into the past with the the city itself. Um, mm-hmm. And also the fact that we have guardians that were then introduced as basically being mercenaries through and through, which mm-hmm. was really interesting, especially given that it was a Titan subclass, because the Titans up until that point had always been wall, 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 wall. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, you know, with those particular cards, you know, we, yeah, and chat's talking about like the Osiris, the Saint 14 cards, um, mm-hmm. the lighthouse and the new monarchy fire team. Yep. And the, the, that whole, that whole cool stuff that was going on with them. Um, 
we had uh let's see vertigo we had altar or no altar flame is d2 uh radiant cliffs i think was d1 the burning shrine uh most people who play d2 would recognize the burning shrine that was actually a map back in d1 too um icarus and then the ever famous shining sands which was a mm-hmm. fun map because it's simply because you know who doesn't love good sparrow racing league Honestly, I to this day cannot fathom why they are not bringing back. That was just such a nice break from all the, you know, the, the bullets Curse and the punching you, and the space magic. It was the it was the the most deadly boss of everyone was the the forklift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but within within D two, we actually so like I said, we we had a good like kind of a, a structural beginnings with mercury with d1 um with d2 we see that kind of really expand especially with curse of osiris uh we had the pretty much the majority of that campaign with the dlc taking place within mercury especially within the introduction of the infinite forest um more recently we had the sundial and the lantern of osiris uh, and that whole thing with season of the worthy um within our current season we have trials or Within Season of Worthy, we had Trials and Tribulations. And then within the recent, this current season, we have Duress and Egress, um, which actually we are going to be talking about Duress and Egress. Oh, no, we're talking about Singular Exigent next week. Sorry. Duress and Egress, we still need to figure out a time to talk about because there's some really interesting stuff in that book. If you haven't read oh, it, yeah. definitely read it. Mm-hmm. Definitely redeems a lot of the characters that a lot of people have made jokes about. Looking at you, Brother Vance. Um <laughs> A few of like the standalone entries that I kind of I I pulled out was Lantern of Osiris, which was the artifact from was it last season? Was that last man? Was that? Uh, I think uh, it was. There's season dawn, season of the dawn, season of the worthy, and season of oh, uh, arrivals. I think it was, arrivals. I want to say Arri- season of dawn. Was it season of dawn? Okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, so you had the Lantern of Osiris. Uh, you had rumors. Uh, you had Ghost Hunter, which was an amazing entry, super creepy entry. Uh, Epistemic and Revanche Two, uh, which was uh, Revanche Two was actually an interesting entry that was back from um, the I want to say it was the Awoken of the Reef. Yeah, it was the Woken of Reef. And the reason why I called this one out was there was a confirmation of knowledge of the Vex during the Golden Age. And again, a confirmation of Mercury. Because up until this particular entry, Mercury as a garden world had always been just kind of a, a myth, a legend. Um, mm-hmm. In Revanche 2, Mara actually confirms that Mercury was a garden world because they talk about how the Vex, which were a known entity... Um, took over and corrupted the planet i'm trying to find the exact um yeah so she said uh, she's detected flotillas blah 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 mercury is well you can see for yourself gasp of horror at the clockwork cinder all that remains of the legendary garden world we believe this may be the work of the vex a machine species listed in the ship ship spires threat index so the only way that the ship spire, which was the ship that was basically the home base of the Awoken within the, the distributary, um, the only reason that the ship spire would even have the Vex within the threat index would be if the Yang Luwei had it before, because that's where the ship spire came from. I mean, I guess you could theoretically go through some spin foil and say that whoever created the distributary updated the mm-hmm. database, but I would think that Occam's razor argument is that yeah. we knew that the Vex existed. Um, 
so I, I thought that was I thought that was worth kind of calling back. Uh, Ghost Hunter is oh my gosh, Ghost Hunter! I I love this card. Uh, this is the introduction of Cyril and his Ghost Strain, um, and basically Cyril is a risen who goes insane and starts hunting down ghosts and then makes an armor out of the bodies of the dead ghosts that he kills. Mm-hmm. And I just really, 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 really want to see Cyril in game or in at least I want him. I want more of Cyril's story because Cyril has a very big dust up with Micah 10, who is referred to as the Din mother of ghosts. Um, mm-hmm which is another character from back in the uh, early city age. But yeah, so that's, that's actually my personal interest in ghost ghost hunter. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you, do you remember any other, do you have any other entries that you, I know you would, you had said you were looking into some stuff. Was there any other entries before we got to the records that you wanted to mention? Um, uh, Strictly around like Mars as a, in in the background. Around around Mercury. Um, Yeah. So uh, I would say that the um, the sundial stuff and uh, what Osiris is trying to do by exploiting Vex technology and the Infinite Forest and uh, his his quest to to, to save uh, Saint Fourteen, mm-hmm. um, it was just it's cool to see you know us try to understand the Vex where they come from what where they come from uh, what they can do and what we might be able to do with uh, you know when we utilize their things and I just Osiris's like quest to understand the Vex has always been something that interests me, especially with the trials of Osiris and like this. He was like a shadow figure for the longest time. Yeah, because I think uh, you, you saw that in the um, with the Drifter when the Drifter came mm-hmm. and looked at the sundown. He was like, mm-hmm, um, <laughs> "Yep, what you doing with this, buddy?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, and there's just I, I, and much like Cyril, I just love like the the, the dark, deeper, multi-layered stories. Um, uh, much akin to the ghost hunter one is the, um, Oh my God, I can't believe I forgot his name. Uh, when Callum, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Callum set up the whole, um, I guess you could say the trap for right. any who might waver too far into the darkness. And I think that's, you know, it's, it's a story of heroes and villains, but you know, it's not so black and white, you know, there's, you know, Schimmelfer hailed as one of the best, uh, you know, gunslingers or the man with the golden gun, if you will. And, to see him, you know, trying to play both sides, but, you know, just weed out the weak ones so that the light can flourish. It's just, you know, there's just a lot, so many cool backstories that just you got to pay attention to. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and I think and that's the that's the challenge with doing like episodes like these is like, you know, we're doing like the whole world lore. And it's it's you know, we, we kind of you've mentioned this, especially it was like the, the breadth of the lore and all the connections just are immense like they're just they're just immense um and i mean mercury is a i don't want to say it's the linchpin for the vex occupation but it is a very important component of the vex occupation because of the presence of the infinite forest um you know we kind of learned about the infinite forest especially with curse of osiris but even you know kind of as i mentioned before like even back in d1 there was rumors of it i i think the one that really stands out is the crucible map um i just blanked timekeeper i think was the one okay 
um, because it was called out that Osiris was actually aware of Timekeeper because the Vex were using it to mod- or to uh, calculate things, basically manipulation of times or manipulation of realities, I guess you would say. Um, so even back then, we knew the Vex were were kind of messing with stuff that were beyond, oh, yeah. you know, just the just the right what we could see. Uh, and uh, oh, sorry, if, if I may no, interject, no, no, uh, one, uh, one of one uh, of another. Uh, great lore entry that I, it just blows your mind because it's even like in a real world, you know, um, uh, a theory that's going on. It's like simulated realities. And I remember there's one, I believe it's uh, with uh, Mariah Sundaresh. I know I think I'm getting her last name, right? But Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but, um, uh, just, they have this Vex head uh, and it's perfectly simulating the room they're in, you know, all the the surrounding environment or whatever like that. And then like, you know, they're like, okay, well, this is getting a little too creepy. Maybe we should turn it off. And she like, she goes like, you know what? Maybe on second thought, we should just in case this collapses all of reality. <laughs> because what? Because what happens if we're a simulation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's oh, just like man. that ties it, into it, the yeah. Pradith. That ties into Pradith's mm-hmm. story, the most recent introduction of Pradith. Yeah, with aspect mm-hmm. and all that. Oh, that and was such, that is uh, such a good one. Oh yeah, no, just the vault of glass. The the Cabers fire team. Just uh, I just I, that was another thing that made me fall in love is. Cause it was the first raid, you know, it was the first like right. real big activity and it had to do with the facts, you know, the time traveling murder terminators <laughs> and which it kind of, you know, it's a little unnecessary to say that, but it's, it was just, that's your introduction to the world. It's like, there are bigger things going on behind the scenes and here's a shield made of a guardian who is literally lost to the past, present and future and may even be a vex now. Like, it's just like, who, what are they smoking and what are they, you know, how, how can I get some? And like, just, <laughs> where, it's just where awesome, is though. it? Yeah, exactly. You know, where do I have to go? But um, real quick, let's let's take another really quick break uh, just uh, before we jump into the records. And then I actually I want to talk about some of the important figures. So we'll take a break mm-hmm. real quick. and We'll be right back. Ahoy there, ye landlubbers. Avast, my name is Captain Logan, and I'll be your guide out on the Sea of Thieves. If you love the idea of stealing treasure, cutting down cursed skeletons, fighting off krakens, and raiding forts filled to the brim with shinies, then Sea of Thieves is the game for you. Join me each week as I dive into the news and bring back the nuggets of information that any sailor worth their weight in salt would desire. You don't have to be a pirate legend to gain access to my podcast. Just search for Keelhauled, a Sea of Thieves podcast in your podcast app of choice or head over to robotsradio.net or captainlogan.podbeam.com and get ready to set sail for adventure. And so taking, we took a break. We're back. Now we're going to talk about records real quick. We mentioned one of the records, the Sundial. Uh, the other records specifically dealing with Mercury is Desperate Times, Sisters, uh, Actions of Mutual Friends, which is a really fun one. And then one of my favorites is the Maintenance Operation Log 330, or 30037, which is basically a conversation between Osiris and St. 14 about the trials of Osiris, who... <laughs> Which Saint Fourteen threatened to make named the trials of Saint Fourteen because Osiris <laughs> was like, "You take care of him." He's like, "I'm going to name him Trials of Saint Fourteen." He's like, Osiris' response was like, "Don't do that. Like, just don't don't do that." 
Yeah, they tried it once calling it, what, the Trials of the Nine, and then I don't know what happened there, you know? <laughs> He's like, you know how Guardians are with names. Like, just don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the the fun thing about maintenance, the maintenance operation log is that's where we actually get confirmation of the difference between echoes and reflections, which is really important when you read Duress and Egress, because I'm not going to spoil that for you. So just just read it it's good uh it explains why a certain individual within duress and egress is actually able to form uh reflections um actions and mutual friends is i think that was an earlier one that we got uh back from season of dawn and it was basically uh osiris's point of view of our um our getting involved with saint 14 um and it was like the start of that whole thing uh, and then let me think. Uh, Desperate times. I think sisters was the sundial with the super saiyan scions. And then I can't. Rem- I can't remember Desperate times. Desperate times. Which one is that one? That season. That season of the dawn as well. Oh, this was the one where uh, they were talking. They uh, Osiris uh, was all talking to the Praxix. Mm-hmm. That's right. That, yeah, that was that was an interesting one as well. Um, but yeah, the sundial is the one where the drifter shows up and looks at the sundial and makes a comment that has driven people insane because he recognizes what's inside the sundial mm-hmm. um, and doesn't say anything, but just is basically he's like, hmm, you sure you want to turn that on? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, what, do you, what do you got there, buddy? <laughs> You're opening the gates of hell with a Vex key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What? What? What are you doing? <laughs> and it, it, it shows the 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 the, the lengths uh, Osiris will go to you know complete an objective. You know he he won't let anything stop him from the most direct path. Right. Well, and also arguably, especially when it deals with Saint Fourteen. Yeah, of course. He's like, I love, I love the the line that he. I think it's one of his his ending lines was like i'll leave you to your decision your devices you lunatic if you short circuit the universe you're on your own (laughs) fantastic way with words there's never been one i just love that i was like if you short circuit this entire thing it's on your head not mine you do you mad scientist yeah um so like some important figures we've obviously we talked about osiris we saint 14 there's a there's a destiny one grimoire story between saint 14 being sent to mercury by the speaker to hunt down osiris uh we all at this point know how that ended uh and then we went back and fixed that problem so uh that's how saint 14's back uh there is also the Sunbreakers, which we mentioned. Uh, Sunbreakers are sadly no longer a part of the story. They were eradicated during the Red War uh, when everyone lost their light, or the Order was eradicated. We still have Sunbreaker Titans, but the Sunbreakers as a, dare I say, political organization cease to exist. Um the other big figure uh, that is on "quote unquote" our side is Brother Vance. Brother Vance is a—I'm going to say this with all as respect as I can—a fanatic of the disciples of Osiris. Um, I say that also with a strong emphasis that you really need to go read Duress and Egress because I really like how they took his story and changed the direction that it went in. Uh, he has a bit of redemption at the end there. Um, 
Vex figures obviously are the next really big thing. There, there's not really any that I was able to find any named Cabal other than a few um, uh, what's referred to as reflections or not reflections, um, proxies that the Vex are simulating of the Cabal and the Hive. But Vex themselves, you have Dendron, uh, who was the root mind, who was actually the Vex mind that was responsible for seeding the planet back during the Golden Age um, and converting it, uh, which then led to the creation of the Infinite Forest. And within the Infinite Forest, we all are familiar with who the Infinite Mind is, Panoptes. Uh, Panoptes is the controller of the Infinite Forest, or was the controller, will be the controller, you know, however you want to vexify your way through that. Um, mm-hmm. Similar to the way Atheon is the conflux of the Vault of Glass, or Vault of Glass. Wow. Glass, <laughs> not glass. Anyways, uh, you also then have Hagios. Uh, Hagios was the reverent mind who was the guardian of the tomb of St. 14. Uh, he was the one that we defeated to get into that tomb. Um, and then finally, there is the subterranean mind. Uh, the subterranean mind is really the giant minotaur that is in the pariah's refuge lost sector. Um, he's just the guardian. Like, there's not much else on the subterranean mind other than he's he's guarding the books there. I don't know what. Oh, yeah, and Dancing Vir, yeah, that's right. There is there is apparently, uh, from the verdict, from way back in uh, D1, there's a Vertigo card, the Grimoire card. There, there's apparently pot- potential for an early Cabal expedition crew that is just stuck somewhere uh-huh. in the atmosphere of Mercury because the Vex were really annoyed at him, and they just stuck him. Like, they, they didn't, they're just there. So, mm-hmm. There we go. That was that's um, really uh, Mercury as far as like social space. Um, it's I mean it's not that big. It's even smaller now. It feels now that we can actually get our sparrows, uh, which mm-hmm. was a oh, thank you, thank you so much uh, for that. I don't even want to go back to those old oh, days. Gosh, I yeah. Um, it's got one lost sector. That's the Prize Refuge. I uh, pretty. The, from the name, a lot of people have made the connection. This was probably Osiris's kind of hiding hole back in the day. Uh, it looks like a, a, a warlock's refuge. It's got the giant library at the back of it. Um, then within the crucible, the different areas that the regects have kind of secured and segregated away for guardians to use. We have the altar of flame and D2. We have the altar of flame, uh, convergence, radiant cliffs, burnout, and then fragment. Um, and I kind of mentioned a few of these when we were talking earlier, but in destiny one, we had the burning shrine, which is also in D2. We had Icarus vertigo, which was seriously just one of the most mind bendingly fun maps. Um, Mm -hmm. and then shining sands, which was a sparrow racing league map, uh, which, was very interesting if i remember if it wasn't spare it wasn't shining sands the one that had like the crazy jumps through like the portals um, and stuff i think so yeah yeah okay because that was oh my gosh i i remember yeah because that's right because it, it wasn't the one with the fans though that was that was um oh gosh there was yeah 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 that was that was the yeah um but yeah uh real quick uh just a couple of the armor sets um armor sets were they were interesting in the sense that all all the f- uh, flavor text really it it boils down to 
three entries. Uh, all the armor for the various classes have the same flavor text. Um, the majority of them are quotes. Actually, I think all of them are quotes from a figure of Sister Feora uh, from her book, Theories on the Vex. Uh, Sister Feora was another member of the Disciples of Osiris that we found out about in Trials and Tribulations. She was actually technically the superior of Brother Vance, but then Brother Vance, like I don't, I don't really understand the transfer of responsibilities there. But Brother Vance got put in charge of the lighthouse because of the trials mm-hmm. of Osiris and all the shenanigans that were going on with the uh, music of the spheres that was reacting to the deaths within the trials of Osiris. He got mm-hmm. put in charge of all the stuff that was going on in Mercury because the lighthouse was located there. Um, Sister Feora was definitely more interested in the general. It, it seems. Like she was much more interested in the general application of theories about the Vex themselves, not necessarily the lighthouse. It, I mean, it tied into it, but she was definitely more interested in like they call. Uh, she calls out the future war cult. Uh, you had mentioned Maya Sunderesh. Uh, the future war cult has an artifact that they call the device, which may be Vex in origin, which actually is pretty accurate to what it is. Um, you know, Sister Feora is also where we see the concept of the radiolarian fluid being the organic center of the Vex. Um, you know, she she points out that structures on Venus and Mercury predate the Golden Age and possibly humanity itself. Um, she also is the one who calls out the fact that the Vex aren't actually time traveling. They're just hopping realities because in the flavor text on the Kairos function legs, or the Kairos function boots, uh, she says, if the Vex had achieved what we would call time travel, surely none of us would exist now, uh, which is actually pretty accurate. Um, <clears throat> the entries of these particular armor sets um, are basically building out uh, notes from Osiris uh, with his analysis and thoughts of exploring the infinite forest. Um, there, like I said, there's three of them. Uh, that's really, I mean, it's really, it gets pretty interesting. I don't think we have a lot of time to to break into them. Um, yeah, this is a college course. Uh, yeah, like I mean, and, and that's the same as like the next the next couple that are the weapons. Like I love love these weapons. These were the Curse of Osiris. Um, oh gosh, what was it? The uh, the Forge. Forge. Uh, lost prophecies the lost prophecy yes, weapons yep. and they're just oh my gosh there's so much to unpack with the lost prophecy weapons um i really really suggest people go read just even if you just read the flavor text it's really really well written i think mm-hmm. um but yeah and then the other so that's the lost prophecies which were weapons that we acquired through oh uh, what was it uh excessive amounts of grinding <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which actually gets called. Uh, that was another thing that gets called out of in uh, duress and egress from Brother Pants, which was hilarious for him calling out a Titan because he's like, "How many? How many realities did you tie to our own to get this weapon?" He's like, <laughs> "I can't remember what the." <laughs> it's like it's got trench barrel, and he's like, "Get out! Like just get out!" Like <laughs> I love it, but. Uh-huh. Um, it's uh, the weapons that we forged through the gosh, man, I just blanked on what it was called. But there's the forge within the room that Vance actually stands in. Um, mm-hmm. 
we completed it. And then that was how, once you got all of the weapon, all of the lost prophecy weapons, uh, and you concluded with a perfect paradox shotgun, you would also then unlock Segura's shell. That's how you got Segura's ghost shell originally from the curse of Osiris DLC. Um, the other big weapon that I know a lot of people are familiar with from Mercury is the DFA. Uh, DFA was a nightfall specific drop from tree of probabilities. Um, it's a hand cannon, so I don't really have much else to tell you about it. And it's okay. It's, I'm like, I, yeah, it's, I, I know that a lot of people, back, back when it first was introduced, a lot of people really hunted that one. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that we have specific as far as drops, uh, we have um, currency is the, uh, oh gosh, the little, the little seeds. Um, yeah. Simulation seeds. Simulation seeds, thank you. <laughs> chat's, yeah, yeah, chat's, chat's having some fun memories of the nightfall <laughs> um uh so yeah simulation seeds uh ghost shell we have segura shell um the universal wave function was a i believe that was a jump ship that was a nightfall specific that nightfall was a garden world that was the drop from that nightfall um as far as shaders, there were some pretty cool shaders. Uh, you had the Vex Chrome, the Mercury Prophetic, uh, then you had the Kairos Black, Kairos Bronze, and Kairos Gold. All of them, I thought, were really, really pretty. Uh, they mm. had some really cool combinations of colors there. <clears throat> uh, you had some really cool uh, emblems, actually. You had Music Mercury, Transit of Mercury. Um, one of the only times that we actually saw this particular one, you had a class variant. So basically it unlocked based on what class you were playing. Uh, you had the Vex Scholar for Warlocks. You had the Vex Destroyer for Titans. And then the Secrets of the Vex for Hunters. Um, and each one of those was based around that particular class's um, icon. But it was very much specific to the Mercury color uh, palette. Um, which, speaking about the Mercury palette, uh, you had the Lost Sector variants back. Uh, we kind of talked about those a couple of times. Uh, the first one was the Infinite Possibilities, the Fields of Glass, Burning Silicon, Vance's Temple, and Vex Convergence, which mentions the giant public event that's always really fun, especially mm-hmm. when you're trying to burst Sabathun's eyes and you go to the wrong <laughs> side first. Um, and then the other reward is two uh, two tokens and a blue. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so bad. Um, <laughs> then uh, you had two nightfalls with Mercury. You had the Garden World, which that one had, I believe it was five variations of the um, Garden World emblem. And then Tree of Probabilities, which also had five different versions. Uh, you had Master Gardener. Uh, for, for the Garden World, you had Master Gardener, Garden World, um, pulling out the roots, blast from the past, and Odysseus's offspring. Uh, each one of those was based off the score that you got from that nightfall. Similar to the Tree of Probabilities, the options with the Tree of Probabilities was Master Cartographer, Tree of Probabilities, Valus Intrigue, No More Lasers, and A Forest of Red. Um, I know that was kind of a fast run through, but as with most emblems, there's the names kind of are kind of nods to specific things uh but really not a huge amount of lore specifically within those um but yeah mm-hmm. that's definitely something that was missing from destiny 2 for a long time was just the the drought of like really any deaths like you know we were hearing these things and you know, we were doing the, the lost prophecies and stuff like that but not until we got to the end you know for like the perfect paradox did you 
like really get any you know morsel of like you know the bigger world and you know uh, more about Saint Fourteen than another legendary figure that uh, shaped the way the city is now, even to the vanguard to some extent. And uh, yeah, it's just yeah, it's and Mercury is I feel like a foundation for a lot of things that lead into the broader thing, a uh, broader scale. Um, I guess, you know, when you use the concept of time travel or reality jumping, I suppose, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. it really opens up uh, avenues. Yeah, no, it, uh, and, like it definitely does, especially when you <clears throat> when you throw in what the infinite forest as a probability generator, which we can we can definitely get into a little bit with the advanced session, because mm-hmm. I know with the adventures and the quest, there is uh, quite a bit that we do in the infinite forest because it's kind of the, the main draw for Mercury. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I think for an intro session, I think that was a pretty quick and dirty run through of the basic stuff. Like I said, the problem is, is like the challenge with doing like world lore is there's so much I want to talk about. But if I start talking about it, I'm going to be here for six hours and you won't (laughs) listen to me anymore. So like the lost prophecy weapons alone. I mean, I know there were I mean, that, that was that was months of discussions there's mm-hmm. still discussions about the lost prophecy weapons going on. And so, you know, that's just, there's so much that you can unpack from just those particular things, the Kairos armor. Um, there's a lot that you can unpack from a lot of that stuff. Um, the lore, the lore entries themselves, like the books themselves, trials and tribulations that we, I think we've actually done an episode on trials and tribulations. I don't believe we've done duress and egress yet, just simply because it hasn't gotten fully revealed uh, in game. Um, yeah, I think it's this week. Well, the portion, no, that's uh singular exeget. It will be the last oh, entry is this week. Duress and egress yeah. is technically, there's like three sections. There's the first section, which was, and it's tied into the traveler's chosen exotic, which mm-hmm. it should be, re- it should be coming up here shortly. Um, but like, you know, just those two books alone, there's, tons of information within those two um, mm-hmm. same with the entries it's just it's there's such such a oh there's so much so much and it's just mm-hmm. so great to see that um real quick what we normally do uh snake for the intro sessions and actually we'll do this for the advanced session too uh we do uh just a quick couple of shout outs um do you guys do you have any shout outs you know can you give us a quick reminder of where we can find you on twitter and just the internet in general uh yes uh you can find me uh at snake231k on twitter discord playstation and soon to be pc um i'm usually playing um from four o'clock in the afternoon till 10 o'clock at night trying to either sherpa people through raids or you know bring my friends who i've somehow managed to convince to buy destiny over and over and over again um and i i just i don't know why i honestly i if i don't get a job at bungie i will be personally attacked because i can't tell you how many people that i've had like just buy every dlc and then yeah then they fell in love with it i mean i just recently with my cousin um yeah, hell yeah! Try uh, try first light. You know, let's see if you like it. I'll run you through some strikes, some crucible. Oh yeah, like, well, first right, light. Yeah. yeah, first light's probably made that tons easier too because they don't even have to. You don't even have to pony up cash. You just like try mm-hmm. this piece. If you like it, then let's go. The the, uh, the flip side to that one too is uh, um, uh, quickly is uh, they they drop you into the world Cosmodrome. You get the first introductory mission like we all did, and then they throw every quest oh, yeah. that we've had for the past yeah. three years. <laughs> I've heard I've yeah I 
I've I have a couple of friends who are who went through First Light, and I know that they're talking about they're going to be revamping that, which I'm like, I'm yeah, you you need to. It's a little Thank you. so it's overwhelming, is what it is. Oh yeah, and it's just but I've there's some really funny comments that I've gotten. They're like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> yeah, I started a, a hunter. I've been trying to uh, talk my sister into changing to a Titan class because I personally think she'd be better Titan than a hunter. But hey, you know, she's their own. <laughs> and uh, I restarted it and. I have to say, as somebody who's been playing this game, I mean, consistently for years, that is still such an overwhelming amount of information. I mean, it's just all there for you to eat. And it's like, <laughs> okay, where do I start? <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, for for my shout outs, just real quick, uh, we'll be, you know, like I said, we, we do the weekly stuff over on the Lore Network. So please give us a, a glance over there and let us know. Uh, we have the weekly lore roundups. We also do uh, Destiny Defined with Rhino. His articles get published every Tuesday, I think, or currently is the schedule. Um, so just give us a chat or give us a glance over on the lorenetwork.com. Um, as far as next week, next week is going to be a discussion on the singular exeget, uh, which is going to be a fun one. Um, and then also later this week, you'll hear the second part, which we're going to record right now. So. As always, I just want to thank you for your time, and until next time, remember, with wisdom we conquer. Stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.